says, I would always find people's wise men and I would hide them <clears throat> and I'd give them back to them on Epiphany. So, um, so see, and I used to, I used to drive my poor, for the many reasons why y'all should pray for my wife, I, I, I would not let her get the wise men out to Christmas day. And we would, in fact, when I, you know, it's Christmas, so we're telling stories today. Uh, my little church in the Delta, uh, they had kind of like our Fontanini set outside, they had the whole shooting match. They had everything. I mean, they had the Bethlehem Walmart. I mean, they had everything you could have. And I'd always fuss at them about having the wise men out. And so my last year there, they knew, they knew I was moving that, that coming conference year. So what they did for Christmas that season is uh, they, had the, they had the whole nativity set out there. And then on Christmas Day, the wise men appeared in the back of the church. And every Sunday, they moved closer and closer until finally on Epiphany, they, they got to, to Bethlehem. So I love, I love the wise men. And so I loved coming down to Old Canton this morning and seeing them make their appearance out there in the front yard. And I'm looking forward to seeing them journey to the stable in the coming days. Uh, our gospel lesson this morning is going to come from Luke. And we invite you to stand as you are able in body and in spirit for the reading of our gospel lesson this morning from Luke chapter 1, verses 67 through 79. Then his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke this prophecy. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, who has looked favorably upon his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a mighty Savior for us in the house of his servant David, as he has spoke through the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we, that we would be saved from our enemies, from the hand of those who hate us. Thus he has shown the mercy promised to our ancestors, and has remembered his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our ancestor Abraham, to grant us that we being rescued from the hands of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all of our days. And you, child, we call prophet of the Most High, for you will go to, before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people for the forgiveness of the sins. By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness in the shadow of death, to guide our feet in the way of peace. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. <clears throat> Christmas. For many of us, I want to echo back everything said. We're, we really are glad um, you've chosen to worship with us today. Uh, there's something to me special about gathering together on Christmas Day. Um, being, being adopted, um, I didn't have a lot of traditions as a, as a child, you know, mom and dad were kind of making it up, not making it up as they get along, went along, but you know, they were, they were, had raised their children. They had got everybody out the house and then surprise, here I come. Um, and so I didn't have a lot of traditions to pass down to my children. So Holly and I have kind of, to, kind of begun our own traditions to hopefully hand off to Sarah and Thomas as they grow and hopefully hand off to their children as they grow. But, uh, I like, I, it's a big deal to me. We kind of had a conversation about presents last night, shall we say a conversation? Um, you know, as Holly and I, we don't argue, we have conversations. Um, um, about, I love Santa Claus coming to our house. You know, I, I like Christmas being in our house. Uh, I, 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 that matters to me, that, that we, we gather together and open the presents together in our house together. Uh, you know, Santa Claus is awesome. He can go anywhere. Uh, but I like that he, he always stops where we live. 
first. And then we open and we play and then we go to where we're going to go. And so I like being together as a family on Christmas morning. I like us uh, opening our presents. I have R2-D2 socks <laughs> that are awesome. Uh, it was a tough call. That are my four socks. I don't know which one to go with. I have a, rain, I have a reindeer bow tie. It's a big day for me. Um, but I like that. And, but then I like going. Either going to be with our family back home in Bogachita or stopping in church to worship together. I like these things that if just for this moment today between lots of candy and food and presents, for us to gather and look at something, to, to look at all. I love the symbolism of this year, of the season. I love the chrismons and the poinsettias and the lights. I love this. But these things are all pointing us to something bigger, something majestic, something glorious. And so I love all of these things. But I love that they point us, point us back to God. So coming together to worship. It's a big deal to me. Thank you for being here with us. Christmas is usually about stories, isn't it? At least it is for us. We didn't, like I said, we didn't have a lot of stories growing up. At least, at least the things I do remember. I remember the Christmas I got the Millennium Falcon as a Christmas present, and that was awesome. Uh, I remember that. I, I remember one of our big things was we always went the day after Thanksgiving, and Mama would, we, we, now you might be a redneck if, Mama would, we, me and Mom would set off from the house with a hatchet, and we chopped down our own Christmas tree and bring it back to the house and decorate it. That was always a cool memory for Christmas of me. But, but a lot of my memories about Christmas involve now my family, Holly and Sarah and Thomas, involve m- my church family, uh, y'all and Asbury and Ripley and, and Coy and Boyle, Litton, and Lynn. A lot of my memories these last 15, 16, 17 years come from my family and from you. And um, some memories are amazing. You know, I think back to in Ripley, as much as, as, much as Paul Paul here liked to be, be asleep before dark, um, I always loved our 11 o'clock service at Ripley. I loved we would sing silent night as we do here, but then we would go out. On the, church, the Methodist church in Ripley stood on a hill. and We would go out with our candles, and the town would be completely still. And we would sing Silent Night as we, as we walked out of the sanctuary. It's just beautiful. I just always think about that. And I think about the time we were, we were at Coy, outside of Philadelphia. We, it was a, I, don't, I, I think Christmas may have been on a Saturday that day, and we were, we were doing as we always do. We had opened presents, and then we were getting ready to go to my mom and dad's house. And so um, we were, you know how it is when you're, moving, when you're getting ready to go, you're putting, your, putting everything in the car, and you're, and you're getting your presents to take to family, and you're getting your food, and you're in, you know, you're in and out the entire time. And we had, we had two dogs at that point um, that I don't, remember, I don't remember where we got them from, and I don't remember what we did with them. But um, I really don't. Uh, Dora and Daphne, I remember their names. And um, they were, I don't even remember what kind of dogs they were. They, they were hyper things. And uh, they had gotten a hold of some wood and they drug it up, I guess, to show, show, show us what great dogs they were. They drug the wood up uh, to the door and it had a nail in it. And so I'm running in and out with my Crocs on and boom, right on the nail. So I got to spend that Christmas at the Neshoba County Hospital getting a tetanus shot. That was fun. Christmas is about memories, isn't it? It's about stories. 
So for you, when you think of Christmas, you're going to think of the story of the Christ child we read last night. You're going you're to think of the story about Zechariah. But you're going to think of stories about family. You're going to think about stories of loved ones, of those that are precious to you, of those that matter to you. I, I, love, I love this season because we really spend it with those that matter. You know, I, there are so many holidays that are communal in nature. Fourth of July, you hang out with everybody, you know. But to me, Christmas is special because we usually spend it with those that we are the closest to. And that, that, that's beautiful to me. I love that. These stories matter. And see, here's the thing about Christmas is we're telling the story. The story that is true of the birth of our Lord. The story of him being born to the virgin. The wise men coming. The star. We tell the story. But here, here's what I love about Christmas being on a Sunday. You know, every Sunday when the church gathers, we celebrate Easter. Every Sunday is Little Easter. That's why during Lent... You know, if you know there's not during Lent, you're allowed to partake of whatever you're fasting from. Because how can you fast on the Lord's Day? So I've been known when I give up, like, you know, chocolate to maybe wake up at 12.01 on Sunday and eat a chocolate bar and go back to bed. I, I have done that before. But every Sunday we gather together as a little Easter. We, we, we remember the resurrection every Sunday. But typically in the life of the universal church, the church that's, that, that's bigger than us, the church that is made up of all Christians, of all ages and races and nations across the world, different churches are going to have different subject matters on Sunday. Even those of us that preach electionary are going to have different messages. Aaron and I, every Sunday, preach the same text in the traditional services in the intersection. So if you come, you might not know this, but whatever service you come to at St. Matthew's, you're going to hear the same text preached upon. But I guarantee you, if you listen to our sermons, they're different. I love Christmas being on Sunday. Because every church across the world, every church is telling the Christmas story this morning. We're all speaking the same language. Our family not just our nuclear family or our extended family, but our Christian family. That's bigger than Methodist or Baptist or Presbyterian or Pentecostal or Episcopal or Catholic or any of our denominations. That's bigger than just here in America, the church in China, the church in Zimbabwe, the church in the Philippines, the church in Germany, the church the church in Belize, the church in Honduras, the church in Australia, the church across the world. Right now, all believers are gathered and we're telling the same story. Telling the same story. See, here's the cool thing about Christmas. And Zechariah in his prophecy talks about him. We talked about it last night in our Christmas Eve message. Zechariah talked about how he's giving a prophecy about his son, John the Baptist, how John the Baptist will point the way towards Christ. And he's talking about how with the birth of this son, John the Baptist, and with the birth of the one that will be Jesus, he's saying this. He's saying that God has remembered his covenant. 
God has remembered the promise that he made to our ancestor Abraham. God has remembered what he said he would do, and God's in the process of fulfilling the thing that he said he would do. And here's what I love about the Bible, y'all. Here's one of the things I love most about Holy Scripture. From Genesis to Revelation, from beginning to end, to first to last, to Alpha and Omega, it's the story from the beginning to end of God's plan of redemption for the world. That everything in Scripture is understood within that whole of God's plan of redemption, how God desires to save us. It tells the story of our fall in Eden, God's promise in Eden to save us, the promise to Abraham, the promise to Moses, the promise to David, the prophets that came and pointed to Jesus Christ, Jesus coming, Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. All of this is God's overarching plan to save not just creation, but to save you, to give you grace, to give you mercy, to give you hope, to give you your story. And say, here's the beautiful thing about all of this, is that our story, our story is becoming part of that greater story that has been told. Our faith, our love of Jesus joins with David and Peter and Paul, Francis, Benedict, Wesley, Lewis, our fathers and mothers. And our story is becoming part of that greater story of God's hope for the world. That's our story as Christians. That's our story as believers. That's our story as those that love God. So here's the thing about that story. You know, it's funny. We, we, we as Christians, our, I guess our, our, uh, our high holy days, if you will, are Christmas and Easter. Christmas, we talk about the birth. We tell of the wise men and the shepherds. We tell of these things. We remember these stories. And then we, in many ways, the church, we then, we then kind of hit fast forward. We go to Easter. We focus on the passion, the betrayal, the crucifixion, the resurrection. All powerful stories, all the linchpins of our faith. But here's the thing. I love the song, Oh Holy Night. I'm not going to sing it, believe me. I love y'all too much. Truly taught us to love one another. His law is love and his gospel is peace. Change how he shall break for the slave is our brother. And in his name, all oppression shall cease. The thing of the story of Jesus is, yes, the manger demands our attention. The manger demands that we stop. The manger demands that we stop and we remember that a God loved us enough to give his only son as the greatest gift of this season. The manger, de- the manger demands our attention. As we remember Emmanuel, God with us. Yes, we must stop and we must, as we talked of last night, ponder the gift of grace and the gift of mercy. So the manger demands that. And then, <clears throat> and then the cross demands. The cross too demands that we stop. 
And we reflect upon the atonement of our God. We reflect upon the love of our God that he loved us enough not just to be born for us, but he loved us enough to die for us so that our sins could be forgiven, so that we could stand here blameless before a holy God. So the, the manger demands we stop. The cross demands we stop. The empty grave demands we stop. As we ponder the fact that death could not hold him down, that he overcame sin, death, and the devil. These things demand we stop and ponder and listen and look. But that's not, the all, but that's not all of Jesus' story. Jesus' story is a story where he welcomed the little children and takes them upon their knee and says, come, let these children come to me. Jesus' story is a story where he tells those who are tired and weary and broken. And he says, take my yoke upon you, for it is light and my burden is easy. Jesus' story is a story where he calls those who don't know him to repent to leave behind their brokenness and follow him. Jesus' story, it's a story where he tells us in John chapter 10 that the thief comes to rob, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus' story is a story of abundant life and abundant living. Not perfect life and perfect living. Not everything we want life and everything we want living. But abundant. Life-giving. Joyous, amazing life. It's the story of the infant born on Christmas Day. One who was sent to die for our sins. One who was sent to be resurrected for our victory one who was sent to show us his gospel is love. That's the story we're part of, y'all. And that's the story that we as believers find ourselves within. So, we remember. I, I love I love symbols. I love these little things that point us towards something bigger. I love communion. I love baptism. I love these sacraments of our faith. We're called to live sacramentally. What does that mean? These outward signs. In a wedding, we hold up the rings and say, these rings are an outward invisible sign of an inward and spiritual grace signifying to all the uniting of husband and wife. Today, as you gather around your table, as you laugh, as you put on your Star Wars socks, as you eat the food, as you, rem- as you tell your children and grandchildren stories of Christmases long ago, as you sit back after a good meal and take a nap and watch some football, as you start taking things off the tree and getting ready for what's next, these are outward signs. 
that are beautiful and that deserve to be remembered and deserve to be celebrated and deserve to be etched upon your heart. But these outward signs point us to an inward grace that we are loved, that we are cherished, that Emmanuel has come, Christ is with us. You don't have to be afraid. You know, last night we, uh, we talked, I talked about the shepherds and um, how they were ca- keeping the sheep in fields. And these sheep, <coughs> excuse me, these sheep were sheep that were being raised to be taken to the temple to be sacrificed. And so these shepherds were keeping the sheep for the old covenant. And they were the first ones to hear the good news of the new covenant of grace. The sheep that were raised in this valley were sheep that were born to die. And these sheep were born to be slaughtered at the temple. Some people would often call the valley in Bethlehem where these sheep were. Some would call it even the valley of death because these sheep would soon die at the temple. So the good shepherd knows that, yea, though I'll walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thou rob my staff, they comfort me. Even in the 23rd Psalm, we see the promise of Emmanuel. For thou art with me. No matter what valley I walk through, no matter what fear I face, no matter what doubt assails, no matter what evil comes, no matter what temptation we fall, no matter what brokenness comes, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me, Emmanuel. That's the story of our faith. That's the story that Christians across the world proclaim. That's the story that our voices unite in. That is the story that today we go and tell. That is the story we live. That is the story that is us. That is who we are. That is who we are. We are the children of Emmanuel. We are his. So go and tell. Mary pondered and the shepherds told, go and tell. Go and tell somebody about the goodness of Emmanuel. That's who we are. May we join our voice. May we join our story with all of our brothers and sisters across the world, those who have crossed over Jordan's banks to reach the other side. May we join with the church proclaiming Emmanuel, God is with us. Let us pray.